You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And high school football is back, which means college football is just around the corner. It's that time of year. Andrew, you made a quick trip to the state of Georgia. Got to see some of the best programs and best prospects in the country play. Me? I went right down the road. Lipscomb Academy hosted IMG. Man, you talk about a a good-looking football team right there, Drew. I think that was the first time I got to see them in person, just live. And you, you see these guys walking around. It's like Jordan Seaton, Ellis Robinson. Man, from a pure body typing standpoint, before they even take a snap, it feels like it was worth it. You know, I mean, that that game itself. And then Lipscomb on the other side, they had some guys too. Caleb Beasley, uh, probably the guy who's known the most, committed to Tennessee, top 247 corner in the 2024 class but drew it felt good it was a good weekend i don't know how you felt but it was like all right we're here we're starting to get the ball rolling a little bit we're back in action yeah the wife asked me how's it going when i was out on the road because i think i did five or six games in two days and i was like you know what i'm kind of enjoying it like I don't know if I'm a football junkie but it it just felt good to like see some live action now if you ask me this question a month from now, I'm going to be like, um, I'm not having a good time. But it, it's always fun to see the best of the best. And Coop, I have this question for you. So that is your first time seeing, I guess, IMG in pads, right? You've seen them, the players work out, you know, whether it be at an all-star game or whether it be at camps or the future 50 and whatnot. This question comes up all the time, right? If you took Alabama or Georgia, could they hang with an NFL team? So my, my question to you is, if you took IMG Academy, now that you've seen them, could they hang with like the bottom barrel of the FBS? I'm talking like 120 to 131. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because I, I thought Lipscomb, who is no slouch either, I believe they're, they're ranked in the top 20. I thought they played them pretty well, especially in the first half. I, I think that comes down to if they had a potent passing attack, maybe you look at it a little bit differently. But they're very, for very me, one dimensional. Correct. They've always they, been. Right. They rely on the run a lot. And and why would you not, right? With that type of offensive line. They're they're kind of brick by brick. But Drew, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw this out here. This just happened in the last minute. Our director of recruiting, Steve Wilfong, has put out the news. That Julian Lewis, the number one player in the class of 2026, has committed to Lincoln Riley and USC. We kind of knew there was a little bit of buzz behind the scenes. Now it happens today, August 22nd. You're talking about a guy that's got, what, three years left to play, including this year? So I, 
I know we're going to talk about Julian Lewis. I guess he's in the rundown a little bit later. Do do we bump him up? Do we yeah, just go right into it? Let's go, let's go into it. Okay, number one player. Number one number player one, for us. Number one player in, in 2026. If you haven't been paying attention to 2026, the sickos over here just came out with a top 100. Drew, you, Gabe Brooks, Hudson Standish did a tremendous job on this. But Julian Lewis, at the end of the day, was a guy that we felt pretty convicted on making our number one player in the country. He just had an awesome showdown with Langston Hughes and Aaron Nolan, the Ohio State quarterback commit. What does this mean for USC and Lincoln Riley, who is just he is the uh, he's got the infinity rings when it comes to quarterbacks. That's kind of what it feels like, right? And he's got another infinity stone here with Julian Lewis. I love the fit, right? And as I went through all the quarterbacks in the class of 2026, and we got two and a half years to go, so more guys are going to emerge. But Julian Julian Lewis, excuse me, has the best resume. He is the most battle tested of the bunch. And I think as I went through and watched these guys and made the preliminary kind of first evaluation notes, I thought Julian Lewis, to me, his skill set is best suited for a modern attack where they want to push the pace, throw the football, and challenge defenses. And when you put all those terms together, like Lincoln Riley and what he does, like it's 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 as if Julian Lewis was tailor made for that offense. And Lincoln Riley, you mentioned the infinity rings with the quarterbacks. I mean, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Caleb Williams, who just won a Heisman Trophy. All four of those guys are a little bit different. Like they don't fit into the same bucket. And I think Lincoln Riley does an admirable job of tailoring and adjusting his offense to what he has at quarterback. So when you take a guy like Julian Lewis, who can be a high-volume passer, who has been a high-volume passer, I mean, he threw over 400 pass attempts in 15 games as a true freshman in Georgia's highest classification. I look at Julian Lewis and like that is USC's quarterback of the future. Now, he's a member of the class of, of 2026 now, but USC doesn't have a 2024 arm committed and they don't have a 2025 arm committed. And I think it's going to be pretty hard to get a 2025 quarterback when Julian Lewis uh, is committed in the following year. So I love the fit. This is, you know, if we <laughs> signing day two and a half years from now, like this might be my, my favorite fit. So it, it makes a ton of sense to me. And um, I think the average football fan got their first exposure to Julian Lewis this past Friday on ESPN2, and I know they lost the game. Um, I was at another game, so I only watched the broadcast, but I thought you saw enough from Julian Lewis to understand why we have him ranked so high. The Caleb Williams development at USC, both, I want to say, on the field, but in terms of off the field, what we've seen, Caleb Williams, he's kind of been the, he's been the example of what I feel NIL the idea of what NIL was supposed to be, right? You have a guy that now has these marketing deals with Dre Beats and so on and so forth, and he is in one of the marketing capitals of the world in Los Angeles. And the reason I bring this up, Caleb Williams came over via transfer portal. Malachi Nelson came over via the state of California. For you to go to the state of Georgia 
to get the number one player in the country in Julian Lewis in 2026 is a statement. The other part of this, Andrew, I've talked to some people in the agency circles, and a name that has come up is Julian Lewis, who's only a sophomore. So what I'm saying is I I don't believe in that coincidence, right? I'm not saying that this is as simple as that or maybe it's as black and white, but I think USC has set themselves up, and Lincoln Riley has done a tremendous job with this, not just with the on-field success that he's had with guys like Kyler Murray and Baker Baker Mayfield and so on and so forth. But now you have really this perfect combination. If you're a quarterback and you think about you think about earning power, right? And you're that guy that you feel can break through. Where else do you want to play? You have the best of both worlds, right? From from a capital gains perspective and hey, I'm actually going to go to a place I know the numbers tell me I'm going to have a pretty decent chance to potentially even be in the Heisman race, right? And then on top of that, in terms of NFL development, I'm with one of the best quarterback coaches in the in the country. That, I mean, well, it's, like, a per- it's a perfect fit. That wants to throw the football, right? I, I love it too because it's like Julian Lewis is calling downs, right? <laughs> like he showed up to the court and he's like, no, nah, this is my spot. I'm not going to let anyone – beat me to the punch here. I want to learn from Lincoln Riley. I want to have those NIL opportunities that you just brought up, Cooper. Um, I was asked because, you know, we we what ranked the new look Big Ten based off of recruiting potential, right? And I think USC, I don't have the final vote in front of me. I think they're in what, the top three or something like that. And I, I was asked to, you know, provide a quote on on what USC could be in terms of a, rec- a recruiting power. And it, it's starting to feel like what USC did in like the 2000s after Reggie Bush came through there. Yes, they recruited locally uh, in, in in the surrounding cities and, and made LA a priority, but they would go and they would pick and choose elite difference makers from different corners of, of the country. Now with them moving to Big Ten, to the Big Ten, it's one of these it's one of the top two conferences. I, I think this is just a sign of, of what's to come. I mean, Julian Lewis is from Georgia, right? You know, right down the road from Auburn, right down the road from Georgia, all those schools, they were involved. And then look at USC in the 2024 cycle. I mean, uh, um, what is it? Cameron Franklin, uh, Walter Matthews. Those are two SEC type of bodies that they got out of the peach state. So, um, Watch out for USC because the other thing is, I mean, they have turned into this transfer portal destination, right? It, like they get the top free agents because of the market, um, because of what Lincoln Riley does. So watch out for the Trojans. And again, I, I, you know, I know they just signed Malachi Nelson. We'll see what happens with Julian Lewis, some buzz, and there has been some buzz and, and some smoke that he could eventually move to the class of of 2025. And and I'll say this, I think out of all these quarterbacks we have seen reclassify recently and the track record of, of guys that have reclassed isn't exactly great. Like I think I feel the best about Julian Lewis potentially missing out on a season because he's already played 15 games. He actually played 16 games. If you include what we saw against Langston Hughes on, on Friday night. I think that one happens. 
I I don't know anything, but I think that one happens, right? That's there's, that's there's, logical that he moves up. Yeah, there's too much, too much kind of. Well, it makes sense, right? In in terms of the level of competition but, that he's but, played, he's already started what sixteen yeah, games. Would you agree with me though? Like, out of all these guys that have said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to pass on this developmental year," like. I think Julian Lewis is well ahead of the curve, so I would not be as concerned as maybe some of these others. I agree. He would still have three full years of starting experience, right? So Correct. Yeah, you feel better about that one. A couple of tag flags. Cameron Fountain, not Cameron Fountain. Franklin. Yeah, oh, we're going to talk keep... about him in a minute. And then this one was on me. This was, um, we said Infinity Rings. It's Infinity <laughs> Stones, coach. I should know better than that. I'm not. I'm is that, a, is that a, like guy. a Lord of the Rings thing? I don't even. What, yeah, okay. we got crossed up. We're getting old. We're getting old. That's all right. That happens. All right. Julian Lewis to USC. Hey, Drew, the other thing I'm thinking about crazy world of NIL. What happens when we start thinking about, okay, each of these classes, maybe they're one or two players for these agencies like CAA, Athletes First, handful of others to get involved with. And what happens when they. When they when they represent the Lincoln Rileys of the world, in the Caleb Williams of the world, in the Julian Lewis of the world, I I mean I don't think there's anything ethically oh, oh, wrong okay. with it. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. It's like okay, I mean it's okay. no it's no different than when a coach gets hired and then their whole staff is put together. Let's say X coach is represented by CAA, and then you do a little bit digging and you realize every coach on that staff is represented by the same agency. Yeah, but I'm kind of under the impression that these agencies are are getting smart. And someone brought up an example to me, JT Daniels. If NIL was a thing then, what would what would have J, J, JT Daniels been paid? JT Daniels I believe got paid by West Virginia. Then but, they give him like a, uh, they give, but you, but uh, you get what I'm saying like point point being he would have been a sunk cost return on investment wouldn't right, have been worth it right right so which is why it has to be a breakthrough player it has to be the one guy that you feel like just completely transcends and as of right now I think Julian Lewis is kind of in that category right and that's that's you know with our eyes and the eyes of others around the country but I do think agencies are starting to kind of make their own evaluations and it's like all right like if we're going in here it better be a dude which is how i would do it if i was working for an agency last year last cycle that would be a good segment right you can only have one or two guys who would it be for me safest bet caleb downs yeah anyway All right, a couple commitments from over the weekend drew notable ones. Kamarian Franklin, that was the one that we wanted to talk about. Five-star out of the state of Mississippi, number six defensive lineman in the class of 2024. Off the board to Ole Miss, there was a lot of buzz. A lot of people thought this was trending Auburn with Miami in the mix. Ole Miss comes into play. It's Ole Miss on Saturday. Big get for Lane Kiffin. New defensive coordinator, Pete Golding. Drew, Kamarian Franklin. Cameron Beavers and Jeffrey Rush, all okay, from I, the state of Mississippi. Can I just point out, like it's it's easy when you're, you know, a bit tired, lots of names to kind of get Camarian Franklin, Cameron Fountain, Cameron Beavers. Like it's easy to get these guys mixed up. All right, so I apologize for mixing up, m- mixing up on that. Yeah, I was uh, 
I don't know where I was on Saturday when this happened. And I guess the crystal ball pick had gone in on the in the morning, but I'd kind of arrived in Georgia thinking, all right, Franklin is going to Auburn. If it's not Auburn, it's Miami. And then it's like, boom, Ole Miss. It's like, whoa, like, where did this come from? Uh, you just mentioned all in-state kids. Like, Lane Kiffin has not recruited this way on the defensive side of the ball. And this is a huge pickup for them. Like Pete Golding, the new defensive coordinator there, we talked about what he got last cycle in Sunterine Perkins, a potential chess piece at, at the second level of the defense. Now they're just loading up at the point of attack. Um, Franklin, to me, you know, he lists him as a defensive lineman, had a chance to see him work out down at Miami this year. You watch what he did as a junior a little bit. I think it was spring footage, and I know he just played this past Friday. I, I think he could be an edge rusher as well. Uh, big body, 19 sacks as an 11th grader. Reminds me a little bit on tape of, of Jordan Birch, who was a former five-star, started off at South Carolina. Now he's out at Oregon playing for Dan Landing. But end of the day, I mean, this is a, a huge, huge get for – are they still called the Land Sharks on defense? Is that what they're still I called? I think so. I think they change it like every other year. I think so. Yeah, they're Land Sharks, Rebs, whatever you want to call them. I like this get for Ole Miss for a ton of different reasons. Drew, you kind of talked about this one kind of coming in the middle of the night. It kind of felt like, right? Ole Miss, they're feeling aligned to me, right? They're feeling aligned from the top down. That's that's kind of what this feels like a little bit nothing wrong with that do what you got to do this is why it's in place and that gets me excited that gets me excited about the parody of the sec how about this for parody Ole miss now in the top 25 of the 24 7 sports composite team rankings they rank 24th in the country what do you think that ranks in the sec eighth 12th God. talk about tough sledding Welcome to the show, my friends. Art Drew, Blake Ivey, number nine offensive tackle in the country off the board at Texas A&M on Saturday. LSU was making a late push. Dude, I really like this one. I think this guy's going to – he plays right tackle right now. I think all the way interior prospect at the next level. Could, could play right tackle depending on the scheme. I think he can play four or five spots. Six, three, and three – six, three and a half, 280 pounds, seven foot – one in change wingspan 36 inch arms 483 on the shuttle 54 in the 40 probably more concerned about that 10 second split but like if you want to miss this is what you want to miss on right guys with length guys that can play multiple positions and guys with a ton of developmental upside drew you kind of mentioned they already got a Sandra Afua in the boat from the state of Washington. He's one of the best interior offensive linemen in the country. Weston Davis, there's a lot to work with there as well. That's that's uh, Hudson Standish's boy, right? Shout out to Hudson Standish. Yeah. And then the early returns on Chase Basanis is that he's a dude. I know. I can't wait to see him this season. I, I think Texas A&M, like, they're getting, it seems, more athletic on the offensive line. And it hasn't been that case kind of in the past. It's been a ton of mass, but not maybe the mass that we're seeing Georgia take here 
in the 2024 cycle with their six-man haul. Um, this one, again, flew a little under the radar for me. I, I agree with your assessment, Coop, on Ivy. I think he can play, like we said, up and down the line, offers some, vers some versatility. But just to see the Aggies with five O-line commits right now, uh, and then you mentioned what Chase Besantis is is going to do here, like the future of that of that starting five looks looks bright. And I think that's kind of key for them getting back on track um, in the SEC. All right, Drew. Are we ready to recap a little football? A little Friday night football? Yeah, man. So we, we touched on IMG at, 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 the, uh, at the front end of the show before the Julian Lewis news. I mean, give it to me. Who, who was... I know we didn't we don't do alpha dogs for specific games, but who was the alpha dog? At I that? would say, yeah, I, I would say Jared Gibson. I think that would be the easy one. That would be the layup. Fourteen carries, one hundred and seventy-one yards, two tuds. Number two running back in the class of twenty twenty-four, committed to Steve Sarkeesian and to Shar Choice at Texas. I I knew he was a north south guy with excellent short area explosiveness and burst he's a physical dude like he seeks contact and then in the open field he can make you miss a variety of ways he can run through you but he's good enough and he's got enough wiggle to really challenge you in space and then on top of that i thought the top end speed was was evident i don't know how multi-dimensional he is in terms of a three down running back this is a guy to me, seeing him in person and then just seeing him physically. He will play early. He's going to be he's going to be hard to keep off the field. I think he's a great compliment to Cedric Baxter, who they took last cycle, right? I mean, they're just reloading there at running back and and Jarrett Gibson. I think what's encouraging, is, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries for him to you know, get 14 carries or, or whatever it was in his opener. Um, he's, he's explosive, man. I mean, four five, four in the 40 yard dash, almost a 40 inch vertical jump. I think we tend to forget about that with him because oftentimes he is, you know, one cut and go just because the blocking is there at IMG Academy. The other one, Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to go down a list of names here. 2025, Winston Watkins committed to Colorado and Deion Sanders, number 15 receiver in 2025. Four catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, you talk about like thick, compact frame, but a guy that knows how to play the game. I think he's got an excellent feel for the game. In terms of potential upside there, I think he's more of a high floor player than he is a ceiling player. But this is a guy that I kind of walked away from. I hope he sticks with Colorado because I think he can go to Boulder and make the most of his opportunities. And, and, and they'll need him to play early, but he'll be able to, to contribute immediately because of the way that he is, one, how he looks physically, and two, I think you can do a lot of different things with him. I think you can play him out of the slot. I think you can play him in the return game. And then if you need to utilize them in different ways on, on offense, you can do that as well. Smart, tough, dependable football player. That's kind of what I came away with with Winston Watkins. Knock on him is probably going to be the size, right? Under 5'10", but he's a 4'5 guy in the 40 with some solid jump numbers. I mean, every time you see him, and I don't want to say it's going to be the 
the Brandon Ennis effect, but he, I mean, I remember when dude, he was like in eighth grade and he was at camp. So like just so much exposure to him that you just kind of forget about him. And cause you, it's routine. What he does makes plays. Um, yeah, I, I think Colorado with what we think they're going to try to do under coach prime, like go there and, and put up big numbers in, in the new look big 12. Like he's a, catch and run guy but he's also someone that can adjust and make grabs in in the air and how many catches did he have how much did you say he had four catches for 72 yards and two tuds like having followed img from its inception like that that's the most targets he's going to get in a game again they want to run the football um you know they've had really good wide receivers go there and not put up you know, eye-popping numbers. So sounds like a solid night for him. Jeray Hawkins, you and I have kind of talked about this, Cat. We didn't know really what the expectations were coming out of West Virginia, right? Drew, I think I remember you calling him out face-to-face and saying, hey, are you Florida fast? Love that from you. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in he's in the freaks list, which comes out uh, on uh, Thursday. And I bring up that conversation with him saying, silly me. <laughs> because uh, he has ripped off some some very ten uh, three in the hundred meter dash, like Florida indoor champ in the either it's the fifty five or the sixty. He had he scored from a, a deep touchdown, right? He did. He had a forty plus yard touchdown. He had two receptions on the night, but chunk plays. Um, you and I were talking after the game, and I think I told you I was like, it's easy to go to the tape and expect to see more of like a track and field athlete than a football player. He's got a really good feel for the game, you know, just in in terms of like you watch his route tempo, his ability to accelerate in and out of breaks. The touchdown pass that he caught was actually he was in traffic, middle of the field, deep over route. I, I wouldn't call it a contested catch, but it wasn't a layup by any means. Right. So I think you like to see that from him. I think the run after catch ability. He's got a little bit more to him than I think I initially thought. Even though the sample size was 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 small, I can see this guy. I mean, you pair him with a guy like Aiden Mazel. I mean, you look at Florida, what they're doing. They're going to have some speed on the perimeter. All right, what about the D-line? That's always the premier unit for IMG. David Stone was what I thought he was. Um, explosive, disruptive very difficult to block. Uh, he made a lot of noise. The guy to me that I, I came away super intrigued with that I can't wait to continue to study, TJ Lindsay, committed to Auburn. You talk to some people around the IMG program, they're like, we wish we just had him for one more year just to work with him physically, right? What are they trying but, to go, like 15-0? and 0? <laughs> TJ Lindsay is a dog like him. Jaden Jackson is is what I thought. Big, stout, powerful at the point of the attack. Plays the run really well. Knows how to get off blocks. So that defensive line, I don't know if it's as talented as years past. I mean, they were absolutely the, stacked last the strength, year. The strength seems to be in the on the inside. Or is TJ Lindsay on the edge? Right. Yeah, Lindsay was playing outside. But they were good. They were what I expected. Like like I told you, there were there were no surprises there for me. 
And the last one I got to ask you about Jordan Seaton. Uh, when I was at IMG's inner squad scrimmage and I saw him, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, Ace is the eye test. We're talking about the uncommitted offensive lineman originally from the DMV area. I don't know who's involved. Like everyone's involved in his recruitment, but he he's a guy that's reworked the body. If you recall, he told me he ran a mile a day and ate one meal a day to to trim down. How did he look? Body looks great. I mean, you talk about like what we what we talk about so much in terms of what Georgia is trying to do on the offensive line. That looks like that's what it looks like, right? Big physical, can play either tackle spot, grinds you down in the run game. I wouldn't even say foundational athlete. I don't think that's even doing him justice. I think he's a good athlete at the tackle spot. Liked him in pass protection. He's nasty. Knows how to finish it, too. I love the kid. I thought he was really good. I had one I, more guy, Drew. One more okay. guy. What, I, I for, the, I'm blanking on the name, the linebacker. Gavin Nix, 2025. All over the place. I mean, you talk about like, I don't know how much bigger he's going to get. What do we have him listed at? He's like six foot, 205 pounds. Five, yeah, 205, 210. Instincts, key in diagnosability. And what I talk about at the linebacker position all the time is like, when you have guys that play as fast as they process, that's when you know you got a guy. This dude was like hell on wheels. I loved him. I mean, you talk like, Immediately, you're watching him and your eyes go to him, even if you're focused on somebody else. He was all over the place. He played like a, a wild man with his hair on fire. Like him a lot. So I had to give him a shout out. Drew, other side, Caleb Beasley. Didn't have a ton of opportunities. Um, not a lot that came his way. I think he's going to be a safety long term. Uh, and then Deuce Knight who transferred over to Lipscomb, 2025 top 247 quarterback, 25 at 37, 237 yards. I thought he did some nice things. Like you that's talk about it. That's encouraging. You, you talk about like a really good athlete. He's long. He's quick twitch in the pocket. I actually think he's got a good feel. It keeps his eyes up. He doesn't panic too much. Lefty, correct? Left-handed. He had a nice, a nice deep ball at the end of the game. He showed a little bit of touch. He's just like, he needs reps. And I'm okay with that, you know? So it was nice to kind of see him turn in the performance that he did. It didn't seem too big for him. And that's kind of what you want to come away with when you're playing a team like IMG. You don't – it's easy to kind of get swallowed up quickly, and I don't think that happened to him. I think he's the wild card of the 2025 cycle. Um, he's got like a 41-inch vertical jump. I mean – we use that term for DJ Lagway in 2024. Deuce Knight's going to be the guy in 2025. And then you pull up his profile, and there's a crystal ball pick in for Notre Dame, which is very interesting to me if he were to end up in South Bend. Someone is uh, going to fall in love with him, and it's very, very easy to see why. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this 
there's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Guys, you're listening to the 24-7, 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I, I, I have guest host the last two episodes of the 24-7 Sports recruiting show now i can't get words out of my mouth bothering me a lot um but make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast spotify apple as well if you got a question that is the place to do it also leave a review on there as well drew you were busy you went down to the state of georgia st francis academy at buford a lot of excitement coming into this game but for us i think it was more about dylan riola got to see kj bolden as well another five stars st francis no slouch either. Buford wins this game 18 to nothing. First time St. Francis has been shut out since 2016. I'm curious. You and I never talked about this, but I guess your expectations coming into the game, not even from a player focus, but more like win-loss standpoint. <laughs> I don't and then and then what you saw. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, I had been to Buford before for a practice but got into town it was like 4 p.m and there were already people posted up tailgating i'm like whoa this is you don't see this yeah you don't see this in florida um i thought it was gonna be a close game it was a close game i I figured it would be low scoring even though you had two power five quarterbacks in action it's not rayola it's riola it's the word on the street okay i heard that on the football recruiting show now i gotta recalibrate my uh my brain to that riola okay uh and then yeah michael van buren for oregon i mean i went to see riola in his first action and i wrote a column after the game i wrote it from waffle house at at midnight um according to trey scott our editor it did amazing numbers which just makes me laugh because you never know what's what's going to pop uh, I think for Riola, hopefully I'm saying this correct. You know, the excuses were there for him to kind of struggle. Um, I think this is probably the most talented defense he has faced to date. You know, he started his career off in Texas, was in Arizona last year. But St. Francis Academy, I mean, they have a Tennessee commit in the secondary. They have an Oregon commit in the secondary. They have a top 247 corner in the 2025 cycle. And they got a, a pretty good defensive line. And I think St. Francis brought pressure all night. And my 
my takeaway is Dylan never looked rattled. Like he looked comfortable in that offense. And what's notable about that is he's only been at Buford for like six weeks. So he hasn't gone through the whole offseason. Yeah, he's played some some tournaments. There was a scrimmage the week prior, but I mean he's he's learning a new system. And I, I think to the outsider, you would have you would have no idea. I thought his ability to create and keep plays alive really stood out. We've mentioned it in the past with Dylan. He's got a big frame. I mean, he is over six foot three, 215 pounds. It's hard to bring him down. I think there was only like one time where he really tried to, no, maybe two times where he really tried to extend a play and scramble and, and take some hits in the open field, but he was smart, right? If it was going to be a sack, it was a sack. And uh, I, I just think the way he performed, some of his throws were of the high level variety. And then late in the, late in the game, I mean, Buford had a two score lead. They got into a bit of a funk where, where St. Francis, you know, kind of had stole the momentum and Buford gets the ball back with, with five minutes. And it's like, man, they need a drive here to ensure this one doesn't slip away. And you could just feel the nervous energy in the stands on the sidelines. I mean, it was packed, like the stands were sold out. So the entire track was surrounded by people could have ran the ball, but what do they do? Play action. Dylan hits a beautiful 53 yard bomb for a first down, essentially flipping the field. And then a three plays later, it's, it's third and nine. And again, you know, could have just took the sack, but Stands in the pocket, gets absolutely drilled, throws a, a beautiful ball on a rope to the sideline where only his receiver can get it. They did. That receiver did. And uh, game over. They go on to kick a field goal and win 18-0. So I thought – I know the stats don't really look like jump out to you. I mean, I think he was 16 of 24 for 184 and two touchdowns. But I thought he was the real deal. Like he's he's what I thought he was. Um, and I, I came away thinking, all right, like this is, this is quarterback one. And I'll add this, like Buford has had power five quarterbacks in back-to-back years. Uh, kid who went to Stanford, Ashton Daniels, Dylan Whitkey, who went to Virginia tech last year, their, their system is not designed for him to throw 30, 40 passes like it is very ball control, play good defense. So I don't think at any point this season, you know, we're going to see him throwing for 300, 400 yards. That's just not, it's not what they want to do. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's notable to point out as well. I watched the game Monday morning. I went back and watched all his snaps, all balls thrown on, on Monday. A couple things that I like positive contact courage in the pocket. That really wasn't a question going into it, but it, it was something that stood out. I thought when they absolutely had to have it, he delivered. Drew, and you kind of mentioned that, right? And I think that was a little bit of a question mark at the Elite 11 Finals, and he's he's moved around so much, it's kind of hard to get a gauge of it, but I liked him there from that standpoint. The other thing is, is like his comfort zone is that long ball, the deep third. I mean, you... That play action, I mean, you just talked about it, 53 yards, but it was beautiful. 
feathery touch right where it needed to be. And then the play at the end, the straw that broke the camel's back, when he's taking a hit in the pocket, makes a beautiful throw that I don't think a lot of, I don't think there's many other quarterbacks in the country that can make that throw. The thing with him that I want to see that stood out to me is singles and doubles. Just take what the defense gives you. Yeah. There's a couple times where, hey, there's a there's your second or third progression there, and he, he's maybe pushing the ball down the field a little bit, trying to force the issue. If he can learn to play within himself, that's going to unlock him. And especially when you're at a place like Georgia and you have those tight ends in the short to intermediate part of the field, and they're going to be run after catch opportunities. But if that's it, if that's the only thing that you feel like you come away from that game where you're like, hey, listen, he's just got to, you know, learn to be dial it down a little bit. And I'd rather have the guy where you got to dial it down than, hey, I got to, you got to be a little bit more aggressive taking shots downfield. So, and the other part about it is, you know what? That aggression's a good thing. You don't want him to holster that gun that often, right? You just got to know where to pick your spots. I mean, yeah, because, because he got so away we, with a couple of throws that you're like, all right, yeah, he can do it. I don't know how many other guys can, but he can do it. Yeah. I think there was only one ball where I was like, all right, that probably should have been or could have been a pick. Um, but going off of what you're saying, holstering it, like I think a lot of the other quarterbacks we see, they don't want to attack the deeper third. They, they, they don't want to take risks. And it, it seems like he's, he's more than okay doing that. I'll, I also want to point out like, this is going to sound weird. But like Buford doesn't really have a number one receiver, right? KJ Bolden, yes, the Florida State commit is there, but he's primarily a defensive back. You know, you run him on one deep route, he's not going to be in the next few plays. They have some other guys that are going to play at the power five level, but they're all on the smaller side and they're primarily defensive backs. And I'm not making an excuse here, but I do think it's it's a discussion point. Like he doesn't have this array of weapons around him. Yes. He's got a good offensive line. He's got talented high school players all around him. Um, but there isn't like that guy that's going to bail him out in some situations. KJ Bolden, you just brought him up, Drew. You and I kind of, I don't want to say we've gone back and forth, but we brought it up on this podcast before. It was like, He's been around so long, there's almost like a little fatigue. Touchdown, pick six, big spot. What do you think of him? Loved him on defense, right? I've always said he's kind of more of a receiver than he is a DB. Um, that picks, well, it wasn't a pick six because there was an illegal block, but third down baits Michael Van Buren into one of many mistakes on the night, picks it off, goes the other way. Now, that's the play everyone's going to remember, and he caught a touchdown on a, a well-run slant from seven yards out. I just love the burst and instincts. The, the highlight of the night for me was uh, St. Francis tried to throw like one of those little bubble screens. K.J. Bolden comes up full speed and just blows up the block. It's like, well, I didn't know he had that in him, so I thought it was – it answered a lot of questions for me just seeing KJ Bolden in that setting. I mean, making plays, what you want to see out of a five star. So, thumbs up for me on KJ. All right, Drew, a couple other takeaways. I want to talk about this guy for a couple different reasons. Five star Edric Houston from Buford, number five defensive lineman in the country in the class of 2024. He will make his decision tonight 
on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Do we have a time on that, by the way? I, I think it's 6.45, 6.30, something like that. Yeah, we'll let you know here in a second. Um, Ohio State, Alabama, those seem to be the two that are, are battling out for Edric Houston. Drew, I'll give you first dibs on this one. You were there, but I did I watch thought, the tape on Monday, so I do have some thoughts on I, this one. I thought this might have been one of his best outings ever. Um, read, read this morning because I got some numbers on him. He was a shade under 6'4", 278 pounds this summer on an SEC campus. And this is a guy that, as a sophomore, was 230. I think he was 255 as a junior. I don't know. He's starting to play in his body. He seemed more confident, had a nice pass breakup on the edge, multiple tackles for a loss. I thought his lateral pursuit and quickness really stood out to me. Not going to say I was on the fence about Edric Houston. I, I think there were some questions. Um, he needed this. And uh, I, I thought he was, again, I, I thought this was the best he's looked. He's ready to go, dude, in my mind. You know, like scheme dependent. All right, maybe there's a you know, there's a question. I mean, what do, what do you think? Four eye or three technique, whether he's in a four three or a three four, right? Um, yeah. But you know the other thing about him, Drew, was a two hundred meter time this spring. What did he run? It was like a twenty five four one. Regardless, it's funny because I'm looking at our, our analytical chart there for the 200 meter for, for defensive linemen, there is no time because defensive linemen don't run that, right? So you kind of got to loop him in the edge category, but he well, can I move a he, little bit. I think he could be an edge if you kind of need, like, I don't, we'll see where he goes, but like, I think that's another good way to put it as well. Like, I didn't realize how maybe versatile up front he is. And I do think he could be an edge maybe in the right system is, is, is what I would say. I love the get off, but he's a little bit better of an athlete than I expected in terms of laterally. He made some plays in terms you kind of see the run and chase ability. I love the hands at the point of the attack. He is well coached. I think from a technical standpoint, he's pretty advanced. I would say this regardless of where he's going to school. Defensive linemen, they're hard to get on the field early. I think he's going to have a pretty good case. He's he's a high floor guy, Drew, that I think you and I would probably say, like, going forward, maybe he's a little bit of a bubble guy to stay in the top 32. I like what we've seen, at least so far. Yeah. That that first game of the season was really, really encouraging out of him. No, that, that's, a, that's a great – yeah, he was, like, last four in. Maybe he's moved out, out of that category. I, I You know, we're talking bracketology with the top 32. That's right. Number 28 player in the country. He will make his decision tonight, like I said, on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. That is at 6.50 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to have your alarm set and watch that one. It's going to be a happy fan base. We'll see who it is. Drew, he wasn't the only one making some noise, man. This 2026 kid, Bryce Perry Wright, number six defensive lineman oh. in the country. He picked up a All-American Bowl invite after the game. He... um. I you presented know, I him when, the All-American all Bowl invite. That's right. There you go. So, you know, it was funny when we were going through the tape, he was a guy that's like, he kind of reminded me of Jeffrey Rush, who we mentioned in the beginning of the show, who's going to Ole Miss. I hate to like, he's a 2026. There's a long way to go. But I think there was a little bit question in terms of like, all right, how much physical growth is there left in this player? And then 
Friday night, you kind of turn on the tape. It seems like there's been some physical growth that has happened uh, over the offseason. And then the tape has always been the tape. He's always been a plus player on tape who kind of plays uh, one way. But he was another guy making some plays on Friday. Yeah. He told me he's at like 265. And I'm like, well, we have you at 245. And he's like, well, that was in February. So he has definitely put on some weight. Um, the hell are they feeding these kids, man? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> having seen the booster club there, I, I'm sure they eat well pregame, postgame, um, night before the game. Probably have a training table set up. No, uh, Bryce Perry, right? Yeah, I, I think the physical upside was our question mark, but he was bigger than when I saw him in February at that FBU freshman All-American game. I think he can grow into a nose, potentially. And if that's the case, the SEC, everyone's going to be battling for this kid. So a name to file away for another day. But having done that 2026 top 100, it felt good to see him, you know, three days after the rankings come out. And he's one of the best players on the field in a game where it was nothing but dudes. Drew, hurry up offense. I think we have about six minutes. I'm in the studio in Nashville, so we're on the clock here a little bit. But final thoughts from Buford St. Francis Academy. I think we have Michael Van Buren ranked properly compared to maybe some of the others. You know, not the best setting for him. I think they were dealing with some offensive line issues, a few guys out, but under 100 yards passing, had an 80-yard touchdown called back. Um, but even if you had that in the box score, I mean, I, I still think it was – a difficult night for him and we can get into it at some point uh, another day. But for me, the biggest question mark moving forward for Oregon, having seen what they've done on the recruiting trail in recent cycles is going to be that, that quarterback position. And then last guy I want to bring up Jaden Perlotti linebacker in 2025 committed to Georgia. He is a dude. I mean, they played him as like a jumbo slot defender out by the numbers and he would come in the box and uh, you know, smash through the gaps like he he's he's kind of one-on-one what, what what is he like body type wise i can't i don't know out. yeah i can't figure him out either but i want him <laughs> right right you want him on your team and i know was, i turned on the tape he kept flashing all over the place yeah he made one play where I, I think he was blitzing off the edge quickly realized it was a screen turned around and just dropped the guy for a loss i was like jesus and gotta love the edge on him he was heavily involved in the uh aftermath scuffle with 16 seconds to go at the end of the game yeah we'll we'll save that topic for another day um drew another game uh on friday night that got some national headlines langston hughes and Carrollton. we talked about julian lewis his commitment to usc talked a little bit about his performance but on the other side ohio state quarterback commit aaron nolan number five quarterback in the class of 2024 leads langston hughes to a Gosh, what an exciting game that was. Uh, last two minutes, had to have it. Leads his team down the field. Langston Hughes secures a victory there. 13-21, 162 yards, two touchdowns through the air. No INTs, 23 rushing yards. Drew, I, I watched the tape a little bit. Quick skim. Tell me if I'm wrong. Aaron Nolan was just Aaron Nolan. There was really nothing that just kind of like popped until you get to that last drive. Everybody sees that touchdown play, right? That's that's the one that's kind of it was on ESPN, so it's it's made some national headlines. It was the play before that I was like, "Whoa, 
that was the one that they had to have that set him up, put him in that position. I don't know what it is about the kid. I said it on the show yesterday. He's got a little bit of magic to him. He's just a gamer, right? Like you talked about it with Jaden Perlotti. That's just a dude you want in your corner. Like, I don't know when you're talking about Sundays, Saturdays, I feel better about it. But Friday nights, this is the dude you want, right? Oh, you bring up the resume all the time, right? He's thrown more pass attempts, thrown more yards, and thrown more touchdowns than any of the other quarterbacks. And and the 2024 wave of arms. I haven't got through the full game yet. I'm I'm only through halftime. A lot, lot on my plate these days, but I, I would agree. He's just kind of it's kind of Aaron Nolan. He is what we thought he is. Can pick you apart, quick release. Um, I will say the guy that jumped out to me that first touchdown, Caleb Odom, Alabama tight end commit, leaps out, secures the ball. I, it is so hard to find a player comp for him, but I, I love Caleb Odom. Are we sure he's a tight end? It's a great question. <laughs> it's a fine tight end. <laughs> he's a good player. All right. Last thing we'll touch on, Corey Kell plus Dave Hunter Classic. Drew, a couple guys that you had some one-liners on. Who are the standouts for you? Jeremy Helinski. Remember the name, Wake Forest dude, I, quarterback. I like this dude. I watched that. I watched. I I went through it this morning. I watched his tape. I'm like, has Wake Forest done it again, dude? I saw. <laughs> so Jeremy Helinski is a guy who's never been to any camps. You watch the tape. Last year he beat Buford in the playoffs, and you really, really like the tape. But I'm kind of, and other people are like this. You want to see him throw in person, right? And it was the last game of the night at the Corky Kell Classic, which they played four games in, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's, it's kind of awesome. And I'm running on fumes, but I'm like, man, saw him throw two passes in warm-ups. I'm like, I am juiced up to see this guy throw. He ends up going 16 of 24 for 289 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. As Walton rolled Grayson 49 to 27, that, that score – isn't as close as it indicates. I mean, Walton had this game in control and Helinski was the reason um, he is under six foot, but he can rip it. He is a gunslinger. They put him under center and I can't wait to see him at wake forest. And I asked him, I'm like, what, you know, have other schools try to come at you? He said, North Carolina had offered a few other programs, but he wants to go to wake because wake doesn't take transfer quarterbacks. He thinks he's the perfect fit there. He's going to, as soon as he, or as soon as he's done with his season, which he said is hopefully after the state title game, he's just going to go to Wake Forest and start practicing. Hopefully they're in a bowl game, but he is a name to know. Like we talk about the top tier of quarterbacks in Georgia this year. That'd be Dylan Rayola, uh, Aaron Nolan, Luke Cromenhoke, Jake Merklinger. I'm forgetting someone else, but I don't think Helensky is, is all that far behind the group. I, I'm a big fan of him. So we'll see what, We'll see where he finishes in the rankings, but Wake Forest has found a guy. Dude, Wake Forest is like the forward thinking there for Dave Clawson, right? What was it? We did the ACC preview, and we we're talking about he was talking about gaining the advantage by. I mean, it's it's a simple thing. You might hear this and be like, "What are you guys talking about?" But talking about how they lose their advantage if they don't have experience, right, on their roster. Yeah, and was talking about the importance of redshirting there. And now you you you're, you're talking about. You're talking about 
Wake Forest gaining an advantage in recruiting as well, telling a quarterback that they really like that. Drew, I think it's safe to say they'll probably start playing some defense at some point over the next couple months, right? Yeah. But he seems locked hey, in, man. Yeah, we're not taking anybody else. It's you and everybody else's it, right. It's you and everybody else who's here. I love that. You know, so Drew, I think that's it. Any final thoughts from you? That's all I got. I know you got a busy, busy day, and producer Lance has to get to a meeting. So let's let's wrap this bad boy up. All right, guys, just a reminder, 24-7 Sports YouTube channel tonight, 6.50 Eastern time. Be there, be square. Five-star Edric Houston. He's coming off the board, Ohio State or Alabama. Who will it be? Really good player, as we just talked about. So for Andrew Ivins, producer Lance Glenn, I'm Cooper Patagna. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.